podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Todd Bowley set to embark on a summer clear-out, Levi Colwell to gain a contract extension, more on the Mikhailo Mudrick deal from Shakhtar and Declan Rice to Arsenal with Moises Casado from Brighton, now Chelsea's main midfield target. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea, breaking down the latest news surrounding Stamford Bridge. Hope you're doing well, hope you're keeping safe on this Tuesday. If you're new around here, hit that like button hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads if you're listening on the podcast feed thank you so much for tuning in son of chelsea is a part of the 90 min podcast network but let's get straight into the news today regarding chelsea's potential offloading of unwanted stars this comes from nazar Kinsella in the evening standard chelsea face a struggle to offload some of their unwanted players as they plan a clear out of the squad in the summer following their 420 million pound transfer spending spree the blues need to reduce the size of their squad and Kai Havertz, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Hakim Ziyech and Christian Pulisic all face uncertain futures but finding buyers for the highly paid stars is likely to be an issue as Chelsea continue to overhaul the squad. Following 14 new signings this season, Chelsea have a squad of 33 players. Graham Potter wants to reduce his pool of players and Chelsea face having to leave players out of Champions League squads for the second half of the season. So we've heard a lot of reporting around this in terms of a, an exodus, a summer clear out players having to be replaced uh, and what Chelsea are going to have to do. Chelsea are doing a lot of spending and it's not that much of a shock that there are going to have to be some players going the other way and that is such a big thing in transfer business that I personally feel Chelsea haven't got that right in recent years of knowing when to sell players but this is important and if Chelsea's new ownership want to keep investing on new faces there are obviously going to have to be some casualties to that they're going to have to be some players who are going to be let go some of those I think are quite obvious at this point but others may be more of a tricky choice like Akai Havertz who we've discussed a lot on the channel sort of juries out whether he will be the player that Chelsea should be persisting with in the long term but other ones like Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, Cesar Azpilicueta, Jorginho I think a lot of those names most people would kind of say yeah I could see them moving on and it kind of makes sense for them to move on from Chelsea but I'm interested to hear your thoughts because getting buyers for these players has been a tricky thing particularly for the previous ownership but I do have some faith with what I've seen I think these new owners are going to be a bit more ruthless I saw this in the previous summer with the likes of Timo Werner even though it was a lone Lukaku being sent back to Inter Milan uh, Marcus Alonso to other players I get a sense this ownership will cut ties with players um, even if it isn't always the most beneficial thing financially if they feel that it's the best thing for the current squad I think they'll try and make it happen and some of those players named along, along with other ones I absolutely agree with let me know the players you think Chelsea should be letting go of in the summer in the comments below moving on now to the Telegraph and it regards Levi Colwell there's been some reports uh, out of the Athletic actually that Levi Colwell after some impressive performances on loan for Brighton is going to be involved in the England squad for Gareth Southgate in March not that much of a shocker now Matt Law is reporting that Potter and Chelsea are thought to have big plans for the 19 year old academy graduate who has spent the season on loan at Brighton the defender attended Chelsea's victory over Crystal Palace on Sunday and is believed to be in line for a contract extension ahead of returning to join Potter's squad next season you know my opinions on Levi Colwell I was hell-bent against selling him last summer and thank god we did not sell him even if it meant paying a bit more for Mark Kukurea who obviously is under a lot of scrutiny at the moment for his poor performances 
Colwell has unsurprisingly, at least to me, gone to Brighton, quickly got in their first team, now is a regular starter under De Zerbi and had an amazing performance against uh, Liverpool at the weekend. He made Mohamed Salah look like a Chelsea player against Shrewsbury. Um, it was a really impressive performance. It's the maturity, the dominance, the quality on the ball, all these things that we saw from Levi Colwell, not only in Chelsea's academy, but also on loan at Huddersfield, where he had such a good spell last season, getting to the playoff final. And what a great place, I think, for Brighton um, to be and to have him for the rest of the season they're doing well better than Chelsea at the moment hopefully that isn't the case for too long but even with Benoit Badia-Shile coming in with some of the players in defence that Chelsea could be letting go in the summer particularly like I say as Raspolaqueta I could even see Kalidou Koulibaly leaving um, at the end of this season I think there will be space for Levi Colwell and it seems like Chelsea very much going in the direction of a younger defence particularly when you've got players like Thiago Silva who despite their ability to keep on performing I mean Silva's just as I always reference this, you know, the Benjamin Button of football, Thiago Silva. Although we can trust Silva and he's doing amazing things and we want to see him stay at Chelsea forever, he is going to have to retire at some point. So to have that plan of younger defenders, Levi Colwell, who absolutely should be coming back and should be getting that contract extension, I'm really excited to see him. Benoit Badiashile starting well. Wesley Fofana yet to come back from injury. Trevor Chalabar, although he's had some difficult weeks recently, I think, all-round has been pretty good for Chelsea since coming through. So all-round, I'm pretty optimistic about this and, and great news. We're going to move on now to Mikhailo Mudrik, as you can see here from The Athletic, an exclusive today. There's been so much reporting regarding Mudrik since he signed for Chelsea over the weekend and particularly some briefing from Arsenal regarding Chelsea overspending for Mikhailo Mudrik and how you know, close Chelsea were to Arsenal's sort of original offer for Mikhailo Mudrik and it was way above what they were willing to pay. But actually today, um, it was interesting to hear from Shakhtar's CEO that that may not be fully accurate regarding the negotiations and Chelsea not exactly going up. Keenan Wynn from Diversified Fall Protection explains why investments in safety are about more than ROI. If our employees perceive that we value the economics of business and profitability above all, above them, then it sends a terrible message and we will never have that employee's true trust and complete buy-in. Learn more or connect with a local fall protection specialist at fallprotect.com pod. Above and beyond to a ridiculous extent like some have reported. So this was the question from Adam Crafton um, in the piece. Our understanding is that the final offers from the two clubs, the total figures were basically the same, but the difference was in the speed of payments. Is that correct? And this was Shakhtar CEO's response. Overall, it was the same. Not approximately the same. It was the same figure. The fixed part, variable part, bonuses. But if you look inside the fixed part and bonuses, it was completely different. He then goes on to say in terms of it was a different time in terms of the schedule of payments, different kinds of bonuses. Yes, we can talk about bonuses, but these bonuses should be somehow achievable and realistic, let's say. Therefore, in this case, Chelsea was much more serious and fair in some points. When we met Chelsea, we stayed all together. For you to understand the context, it was for nine to ten hours. They invited the player and explained to us the whole project. We realized that, yes, if you look right now, Chelsea have some kinds of problems, but it is normal because they have a transition period from one owner to another. It is understandable they would like to change a lot so when they explain to you the whole story and you look for the next two three four five years then you see they have a serious project it's good this you know my my criticisms of the Madrid deal and the amount being spent on Madrid and I, I'm not going to relent on that you know it's more the case of and we'll get to this in the next story 
where I think Chelsea should be investing. But I do find a lot of the Arsenal side of things quite funny. And I think maybe it's quite clear trying to save face. Chelsea probably do similar when we miss out on deals. But, you know, to see it this way and Chelsea maybe being a little bit more ruthless in this case and and to try and hear Arsenal backtracking that, well, we were never going to get into a bidding war. And as Adam Crafton said, I think in a, in a good podcast earlier today, you know, Arsenal did get into a bit of a bidding war in the end for this player. They clearly wanted him. We're going to move on to the final story here from the Times. Arsenal have made Declan Rice their top summer target and a growing in confidence that they can beat Chelsea to the England midfielder's signature. Rice is set to be the centre of a bidding war, which could also include Manchester United at the end of the season. But Arsenal believe that their status as Premier League leaders puts them in a strong position. But I do want to speak about another midfielder Chelsea could be looking to sign this window from Brighton and that is Moises Casado. Ben Jacobs reporting that Chelsea are exploring the potential of signing the Brighton midfielder. Apparently Brighton maintain no offers yet though told Chelsea are prepared to pay 65 plus million Brighton would expect 75 plus million to consider a January sale. He goes on to say that Casado has new agents incoming, but they haven't started yet. This means Chelsea will likely go to Brighton first. The challenge in January remains agreeing a fee, and Brighton will want significantly more than the 62 million Chelsea agreed for a player we mentioned earlier, Marco Correa. Casado is one that I've been surprised to see divide opinion a bit, um, considering all the reaction to the Enzo Fernandez pursuit um, a couple weeks ago. People aren't as sold on Moises Casado, particularly for the fee that Chelsea might be asked to pay from Brighton, who know they can get quite a bit out of Chelsea already. So I, I find that an intriguing part, and I, I do understand some of the reservation in terms of and you can make this you know comparison now to what we're seeing from Kukurea is when you take a player out of a highly functioning system that has been worked on consistently and put them in a new environment they don't look as good that's not you know a new revelation but that is in itself a concern is Kasaido performing above his standard at the moment because he's in such a well-functioning system that Graham Potter helped to build if he comes to Chelsea although it's the same coach we're obviously not at the same stage of that development under Graham Potter. But midfield remains such a big priority area this month. And it seems to be from the likes of Ben Jacobs that Chelsea are looking to do more deals in January. And particularly for a central midfielder. Another Brighton midfielder in Alex McAllister, of course, of, of World Cup fame of Argentina, has also been mentioned. But then you're looking beyond that. If we're not going to sign Enzo Fernandez, if we're not going to sign Casado, Edson Alvarez, it feels like has completely gone off the table. But you can never rule out Chelsea surprising us by going back in for him for my ex, but people who've been watching him since the summer when we went in for him originally have not been impressed by Edson Alvarez and, and don't feel he's performed anywhere near a player that Chelsea should be going out there and spending large amounts on. But I think that Casado has proved from what I've seen that he's a very good midfielder. I think technically is good too. I think maybe is a little bit underrated in, ter in terms of his passing ability and what Chelsea's midfield lacks. And we've seen it recently with Dennis Sakaria coming into the team. When we have a bit more mobility in that area, when we have someone who can eat up ground a bit more, Chelsea's midfield looks a lot more dynamic and we're able to move the ball at a quicker pace. And I think that is something that I'm, I'm definitely concerned by for the rest of this season. I, I'm not at a stage where, you know, we sign absolutely anyone, but I do think Chelsea should be looking to seriously invest. And it kind of concerns me that we're going to get to the end of this month once again, spending maybe over 100 million on players and neither of them, any of them have, have proved to be 
um, central midfielders. You know, we've we've brought Benoit Badiashile, we've brought uh, Joao Felix, of course, not permanently, but that could turn out to be a permanent deal on loan for an expensive loan. And now Mikhailo Mudrik. Yeah, it is concerning to me that the one area that I think should be top of that list still hasn't been rectified. But we will see this week because it seems like things are heating up with Casado. Let me know your opinions. Are you a little bit dubious over whether Chelsea should be going in for Casado this month? Let me know in the comments below. But that is it for today's edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch it. If you did enjoy it, hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads on the channel. If you're listening on the podcast, give us a nice rating review. really does help things out. And I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.